All right, Alexander, let's do the Q&A from the live stream with Brian Berletic of The New Atlas. And we start things off with Raphael, who says the hunter starts to recognize she is becoming the hunted. Russia is taking steps to fight straight up USA by starting with England as a tune-up. Interesting idea. Well, uh, uh, um, I think for the moment it's a contained war in Ukraine, but there's more and more worries that it won't be. And I, I'll be straightforward about this as a person who is British, who lives in Britain. I do think we are incredibly overexposed. We've gone very much too far in this conflict. And if there are repercussions, we're going to be the first to pay. And obviously, um, if we pay, then, you know, the Russians come after us. Well, the US is going to be in a difficult situation, to put it mildly. From uh, Raphael, Russia was never afraid of NATO and the U.S. I think we discussed that. We just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Commander Crossfire says, at this point, Russia is not just a country. It is an idea, a hope, the idea that all men are created equal. And by God's good grace, do you want to know why Russia won't lose? Ideas are bulletproof. We talked about We this discussed this, too, yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Ernest, thank you for that super chat. RW... Abugiri, thank you for that super chat. Roman V, thank you for that super sticker. Just, just no says buy a lot of drugs. Thank you for that. Uh, Irish Partisan says, what do you think of the sudden resignation of Vietnamese President Wen Wen Zhang Phuc and the number of senior government ministers today? I think it is a signal, a realignment of Vietnam towards Russia and the PRC. We, we touched on this during the program. I, I have actually done some this, yeah. investigation about this. It seems to be connected to a corruption scandal. But I think basically you are right. I think that is what it's about. And I think the Vietnamese are now making a decision that they're going to stick with China. An old, if sometimes troubled relationship rather than engage in adventures with a Biden administration they don't trust. Yeah, Sanjeva says, hi, Brian, love your work. Just so that we don't feel like being in a bubble, can you argue against the hypothesis that Russia will win, i.e. what scenario will NATO win in the current war? I think Brian dealt with that thoroughly, actually. Yeah, no. Brian, Brian dealt with this, yeah. Commander Crossfire, thank you for that super sticker. Just no says, why Russia is not using EMP? Nuke an atmosphere to create an EMP in the area where a lot of Ukrainian equipment is concentrated. Well, I think, we, again, Alan, Brian explained that. I mean, so yes, basically, you're yes, talking about nuclear yes, weapons yes. now. Yeah, yeah. NGS says, if Ukraine loses to Wagner alone in Solidar, think about what will happen when Russia brings in Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, and Rachmaninoff as well. True enough. These all being composers, <laughs> composers yeah. Very popular yeah. in Russia. Beethoven isn't uh, Russian, obviously, but the Russians perform him well. Yeah. Uh, Lada Moreau says, what do you think about Adostovich's resignation? What will wait for him in the future? Do you think he has much dirt on Aletsky to worry? I think he probably does. Whether he, I mean, you know, he's in a complex situation. Uh, uh, my own view, and I've said this, so I, th I, think he's, I think he staged the crisis that led to his dismissal himself. I think he must have known when he said that it was a the Ukrainians who were responsible for the apartment bomb uh, uh, explosion, that that would make it very difficult for him to stay on. And I think he's looking for a way out. And he's given a whole succession of interviews since 
in which he's going back on all the things he was saying before and seems to be casting doubt on Ukraine's prospects of winning the war. So that's my own personal view. I think it's a said he staged it himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if he doesn't leave uh, Ukraine after he's all the things very, he's been saying, he's Alexander, in very great danger. Well, it, yeah, he's it's my danger. belief that if if he doesn't leave Ukraine and he's still okay, no, yeah. it's just my belief that I think he's got yeah. protection from from someone big. Oh, that's a, that's he's undoubtedly. A lot of stuff that's, that's that undoubtedly. I mean, it, it, he's now becoming increasingly reckless, and he's already been put on the list. So if he's if he's able to survive, he's clearly got an awful lot of protection. I do think he's going to stay in Ukraine. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll find out. A different perspective yeah. says, "Hi guys, been a while." So wait, NATO's military was beaten by an organized group of prisoners, mercenaries called Wagner, and plus drones and missiles from heavily sanctioned Iran. Hmm. Yeah, true. <laughs> well put. Michael Zimrowski says Professor Tim Wilson has described Alex and Alexander has not been Greek but been Russian trolls. Well, we, we discussed this. I'm not still not quite sure who this gentleman you. is, but I mean to be I honest, know, I don't care him. very much. <laughs> I don't care very much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Van Hock Wang says, you know, if they don't know how to pull back and come to a negotiated settlement, this is going to lead to World War III. By the way, thanks for keeping us informed. More and more people are saying that. Caitlin Johnson has done a fiery piece on this precise point, actually, you know, that the, the, the rhetoric is now becoming um, increasingly hysterical and people are talking increasingly about how, you know, this is an existential danger for the West if Ukraine loses. I hope we don't get there. And I think, you know, um, the instinct for self-preservation is probably going to pull us through. I, I strongly think it will. But I will come back always to what Alex said before the war. Uh, he said it months before the war, but when we could already see that things were getting bad. He said, you know, that what a hill to choose to die upon for NATO, Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, you know, they could have found any other you know thing, but they decided to risk so much everything perhaps on ukraine and you know caitlin johnson's point is you know if we do get into a world war three situation over who uh, uh you know um controls crimea no one in the west apart from a few fanatics is going to think that was worthwhile but anyway we'll see what happens but you know, i i i think overall as i said the instinct for self-preservation is too strong and I think we will come through. In fact, I'm sure we will. Yeah. They made it existential. That's just my know, yeah, It wasn't existential was... for the West no, before, but they've, they've made it existential made for it. them. It, it, wasn't even it. A, yeah. it wasn't even existential at the start of this war. It is beginning to become so now because they're over-investing in it. Commando Crossfire says, the whole... The whole is to prolong the conflict. I don't think or care if Ukraine wins or not. Just prolong to cause as much damage to both Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, except, of course, that it's achieving the opposite. Uh, We've just discussed how this war is becoming existential for at least not the West, but for the NATO alliance system. And that is a product of prolonging the war. If they come to a negotiated solution now, which I think is still 
a possibility. I mean, it's open. It's going to be much more difficult. But if they did that now, you know, they could walk away from this. But the longer they take, the more dangerous and difficult that becomes to themselves. So, in fact, they're not weakening Russia. They're weakening themselves. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin says nice trio setup mm -hmm. for that. And Sancheva says... Budanovsk hospital siege woke Russia up. They realized that their own survival is at stake. That's why Putin said on the 24th of February that we will never fight in our own territory again. Hence, they will fight till they win. Absolutely. I agree with that entirely. And the Budanovsk uh, hospital siege happened during the Chechen wars. I think it was in the late 90s. And a hospital was taken, was captured by Chechen um, jihadi fighters by jihadi fighters and they held a whole lot of people prisoner and um, it was a shameful affair at least many russians feel so in which massive amounts of ransoms were paid and it subsequently became known that the people who paid the ransoms had already been party to the capture of the hospital because they wanted to find legally justifiable ways of paying off the fighters. Anyway, it was awful business. And one way or the other, it creates a massive revulsion of feeling in Russia and has not been forgotten. With the effect that you say. Peter, Sugle Peter Sugleris says, brilliant analysis is always. Quick question, the impact of the ground turning to ice for either side vis-a-vis -vis the melting in spring. Is this urgent for Russia to push, to push forward? Thanks again. Love you guys. Yeah, I think again, Brian answered that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robin R., thank you for that super chat. Asian Don, thank you for that super sticker. J.S. Scott 6, thank you for that super sticker. And then Adia says, what do Russians say when German tanks, again, are being used against them? Is it, is it any discussion about it in Russia? Do Germans realize the optics of this in Russia? Do they care, given their history? We, we discussed this over the, pro, the, the course of the program, yeah. yeah. Yeo Bandicott, thank you for that super sticker. Tahir Anwar says, if this war continues, Russia wins the war. Also, in five years, China is about to cross the U.S. economy. What kind of drastic steps Western countries will take? Well, you see, this is you, you put your finger on it, because instead of wasting time, you know, worrying about who controls Bakhmut, I mean, it's important in the context of the war, and it is important in the context of, you know, Russia, because, of course, they have to win in Ukraine. But why does the United States have to worry about what's going on in a place like Bakhmut? Surely, given the fact that they're facing an economic challenge, uh, economic competition from China, they ought to be doing work to strengthen their own economy. That's what their actual priority is, you know, sorting out the problems of their education system, sorting out the problems of their industrial structure, getting investment into the right kind of industries, uh, coming up with some kind of financial plan. That's what the United States should be doing. But what they're doing instead is in, in order to avoid facing up to having to do these things, they're coming up with these complicated geopolitical strategies like the ones we're seeing in Ukraine, which ultimately are going to play out against them. And the risk is 
that rather than stop doing that and instead focusing on the U.S. homeland, where they could achieve a great deal if they put their mind to it, they will go on doubling down on these geopolitical strategies until one of two things happens. We end up in a military crisis, which is, you know, an unimaginable horror, or alternatively, the whole system, the whole system goes bankrupt and falls apart, which is also, in its own way, an unimaginable horror. But that, that's, that's the double risk we run. And, you know, that they will, instead of focusing on what they can solve, they will go on with these, as I said, intricate strategies, which will only end up making their problems worse and create more dangers for themselves and everyone else. Yov Bressler, thank you for that super chat. 456T123G says, thank you for your truthfulness in a world of leaders who love and practice falsehoods. The prophet's wife, thank you very much for that. Rufus Shinra says, it started with javelins, transports, artillery, anti-air systems, and now tanks. Will NATO escalate to fighter jets and nuclear weapons? Your thoughts? There's a great article about this on responsible statecraft, which makes exactly that same point. I think ultimately, yes. I think we've discussed this. Alex was saying this some time ago. He said, you know, that sooner or later, I think Brian said too, we're going to end up with Attackums missiles and F-16s and every conceivable weapon system that the West has in its article arsenal, you know, except hopefully nuclear weapons and ICBMs being shipped to Ukraine and none of them making any difference and it becoming ever more dangerous and ever more reckless. But I think that is what they're going to do. Yes. I have a question for you before we go on, Alexander. I've been thinking about the F-16 fighter jets escalation. And for Ukraine, for the collective West to, to escalate the fighter jets, they, I would assume that they would have to um, come from runways in, uh, in NATO territory because obviously Ukraine, they're not going to be able to take off from any runways in Ukraine. So what does that mean? I well, mean, it means that makes them a party yeah. to the war or, or yes, what? I yes. Mean, that, that's, yes, it does. It does. I mean, the, yeah. Ru the Russians have already said that. They've, they've already talked about F-16s. They said if, you know, F-16s start engaging with the Russians over um, Ukrainian territory, even if NATO pretends that they're being flown by Ukrainian pilots, since they would have to operate from NATO bases, the Russians would regard that as direct NATO intervention in the war. Now, up to this point, that's acted as a restraint. But given, as I said, that we are now in an escalatory cycle, um, one does wonder whether, in fact, um, you know, they are going to um, let that stand in their way. Bear in mind that there are some people in Washington and Brussels who want Russian strikes on bases in Poland, for example, or Romania. They want them because they want that kind of escalation. That's what makes this whole thing so dangerous. Mortem Rex says, thank you, gentlemen. You are much loved. Thank you for that. Uh, Toilet Sauce says, if you already know these tanks are not going to work for Ukraine, why risk having them captured by Russia? If you are so convinced of their technological superiority, that is. Well, absolutely. And uh, there's articles appearing to that effect 
in the media, there was a big article in Britain saying, you know, crazy to send Challenger 2 tanks to Ukraine. All that will happen is that the Russians will at some point capture one and they'll get to understand its technology and its armour and they'll be able to share all that out. And, of course, we know that the Russians have managed to get their hands on intact HIMARS missiles and they're copying that technology, or rather they're examining that technology and undoubtedly passing on what they know about it to the Chinese. And it doesn't make any kind of sense at all And about this not working. No less a person that... Then Zelensky himself has come on German television and said, well, you know, giving us a handful of tanks isn't going to make any difference against an enemy, Russia, that has thousands of them. But nonetheless, they're going to do it. Because reason so, and sense and logic has been thrown out of the window in this affair. Sanjeva says, President Russia, unlike in World War II, has an aversion to take casualties for good reason. Most Russian families only have one kid. Do you think this puts them in the back foot? How can they compensate for this? Yes, yes. I think I've already, to some extent, answered that over the course of the program. I mean, we mustn't fall into the trap of believing some of the myths about World War II. I mean, the Red Army was much more careful in its acceptance of casualties than some of the original... Uh, accounts of the war led, led us all to think. I think the Russians don't want to lose large numbers of men, not because they can't replace them and not because there would be a political backlash, which there might be, by the way, but because these are valuable soldiers and they don't want to throw lives away unnecessarily. They're making haste slowly. Festina Lente, what Caesar Augustus used to tell the legions, you know, advance methodically, slowly, incrementally. You get a better win that way. And I think that's their strategy in this war. A different perspective says the machine is a vampire and inability to self-reflect and can only exist at man's expense. Iraq, Afghan, today Ukraine, tomorrow Poland, UK, eventually LA. West citizens' behavior is even eerie like the Germans in World War II blinders. Well, I, I agree with you, but I hope I agree with you, your, your, your sentiment and your underlying theory. I just hope we don't get to the point where it spreads to countries like Britain, my home and L.A. I mean, that would be a disaster. But, you know, I, I, I take your point. Sparky says, great work, great work, fellas. Angelo says, a big fan of you guys. Dr. Liliana Corridor says, the desperation of the West at Ukraine's defeat is dangerous. Comment. Thank you. You are my three favorite sources of info. I, I think we discussed this. And I mean, again, I mean, you know, desperation is the right word. It's what's driving this. I mean, Condoleezza Rice and Robert Gates, in an op-ed they did for The Washington Post, essentially admitted it. Ukraine is losing. <laughs> the, you know, time is running out. That's what they said. So this is being driven by desperation. And desperation is a very bad counsellor. I've said this many times. Yeah. Dr. Liliana Corredor also says the desperation of the war at Ukraine's defeat is dangerous. Comment. Yeah, I mean, thank you, you just, just did. Jube yeah, Uba, thank you for that super sticker. Ryan says, when, not if, America starts a war with China, how depleted are U.S. arms, given what they have sent to Ukraine? Well, indeed, very. And I mean, I, I was reading an, uh, an article recently that, in fact, HIMARS missile systems have apparently been absolutely critical to U.S. planning 
of their war against China. The, the idea was that the U.S. Marines would locate, you know, high Mars missiles in island chains and they would be used to strike at the Chinese. <laughs> and they're depleting all those missiles. They're, they're using them up in the war in Ukraine, which is why the U.S. Navy is coming out and saying this is a huge mistake. We've got to stop. But of course, there is no willingness to listen to that. Instead, we go on sending more HIMARS missiles to Ukraine until, of course, the point comes when the whole um, strategy of taking on China in the Pacific is compromised. But the problem then is that the people in charge won't see that. They will continue to think that the U.S. is stronger than it really is. Alex Shirazi says, J9 love. Rose, sure, means thank you for that. Uh, David S. says, Brian, can you see an end to this? I think he did answer this question. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he did. He did. Uh, 437 thinks 1138 says, I was an M1A1 tank commander. It takes two hours to show how to operate it, six months to not break it by accident, and a year to be moderately very effective. Idiot proof, but not a veteran maker. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, Brian discussed that at length. Thank you for that very interesting comment, by the way. Yep. JF, thank you for that super sticker. Marshall Forward says, what's up, gents? Do you think that with the combat ability displayed by the Wagner Mercs at both Soledar and Bakhmut solidifies them as as an elite unit? I think we discussed this at length. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, Tommy Gunn, 8888, says, in this case of the USA depleting Russia with Ukraine first, then Poland, and then finally coming in to fight a spent Russia in two years? Well, yeah, but of course it won't be a spent Russia in two years. It's going to be a much stronger one because what we're seeing now is a massive military buildup, the cranking up of Russia's arms industry. Putin has just been visiting a big missile factory, the Obukhov work works in uh, St. Petersburg, very old factory, by the way, goes back 150 years, used to make guns for the Tsar's fleet. Um, And it's not going to be a weaker Russia. It's going to be a stronger one. And moreover, a stronger one, which is now absolutely certain in terms of its people, that the United States is is preparing for war against it. So what they're actually doing is they're losing in Ukraine and they're making Russia itself, it's making Russia itself ready itself for war. It's achieving the opposite of what these people think it's going to achieve. Angry Warhawk says, are there enough level heads in Washington to accept defeat peacefully? Or will they destroy everything out of spite when they are finally faced with it? That's the big question. I think there are. I still think that overall, in the end, uh, sane heads will prevail. I mean, if you go back, it's not really the, the, the end of the Vietnam War or this American involvement has never really been explained. This, you know, because, you know, people imagine it was all, you know, students protesting and that kind of thing. What actually brought the Vietnam American intervention in Vietnam to an end was the Pentagon. The Pentagon, the military in the Pentagon was beginning to become increasingly concerned about the fact that the U.S. was overcommitted into Vietnam and it was 
diverting the US military from more important tasks and that it was becoming dangerous that, you know, some people were already talking about using nuclear weapons. And so they decided to pull the plug and they put heavy pressure on the politicians. And ultimately, the politicians can't wage war without the support of the military, because the military are the people who do the war. So I think the same thing will happen this time. I hope so. Sanjeva says, by the way, Alexander, in your video on Monday, as we say in Britain, Peskov perhaps denies it a bit too loudly about Prigozhin. Russia yeah, and yeah. the rift. Priceless words, Alexander. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Sanjeva. For that, Dan says, can they get the second goal without regime change? We the second well. goal. Yeah, I think we did, yeah. We yeah, did. We answered we did. this as well. Summer yeah. of 1970, thank you for that super sticker. Uh, Danielle, Danielle says, how are casualty numbers being hidden, and are we hearing from families who have lost, who have lost members? The numbers seem so high amongst Ukrainians, but also Westerners. We need peace. Thank you for the work you do. We are hearing an awful lot of this. protests. We did talk about it, yeah. Yeah, you wanted to say something? We're hearing. No, I mean, I, that, that, that's what I, I mean. I mean there, we mentioned about a... the protests in front Absolutely. of Kiev, yeah. Absolutely, we did. We did. Yeah. Um, Barikas says Russia is defeating Ukraine and all of NATO and the US. Hashtag Z. Yeah. Absolutely. For but that. Yeah, absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah? No, 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 I agree, yes. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, agree. Agree. <laughs> I'm agreeing uh, with it, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, a different perspective says, last one, Russia, China don't have to invade the U.S. They are already in our everyday lives. Check your packages, titanium. What will we do now since we essentially cut it off? Report or ban gas stoves, colony. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you're making, again, a very valid point. I mean, you know, the West, the United States, the Europeans much more than the United States, even more than the United States, have destroyed their own supply chains. So, I mean, you know, they are, they are in a very difficult position. Again, I do wonder sometimes whether the political leaders in Washington or Brussels understand that. But eventually this is going to hit home. I understand that, uh, well, I don't understand. I mean, I know for a fact that the British government, the cabinet, was recently given a uh, memo by the um, civil service saying if we get into an economic war with China, the British economy collapses. Emwick hmm. says the Golden Trio, accurate commentator, analytical master and brilliant buccaneer, raiding the neocons narrative. <laughs> Thank you. Emwick. Yield Bandicott says, been following the Ukraine situation since 2014 and the sacred of the vineyard who was the best of the time. You are the best now. And Brian adds another level. Great conversation as always. Thank you very much for this Thank kind of that Yield Bandicott. The herding cat says, I heard Colonel McGregor predict the start of mutiny of the Ukraine military against current leadership. What then? Well, I mean, if that comes, then we're in a decisive different position. I mean, I don't want to predict those things. I mean, Colonel McGregor almost certainly does have sources. I mean, he was a Pentagon official, um, which I don't have access to. So I, I don't want to discuss uh, possibilities of mutiny by the Ukraine military. So far, I've seen lots of protests, but a mutiny 
only becomes serious if it's joined by the officers. And so far, that's not happened. Jamila, thank you for that super sticker. Uh, Tommy Gunn 888 says, USA leading in artificial intelligence research might transfer it to more advanced loitering munitions in a few years of Russia and China. Yes, you see, this is the trouble. I, I think that always there is this expectation in the US that they will find some sort of technological means to redress the balance, to solve their problems, their growing problems technologically. But the other side is got lots of technological skills too. The consistent story is that they're able to match what the US does. And of course, in hypersonic missile technology, they're ahead of the US. Sparky says it's not an exaggeration to say that young adults in the US don't know one end of a screwdriver from the other. I've heard people say that. Thank you for that, Sparky. Yeo yeah. mm. uh, Bandicott, thank you for that super chat. Abu Zixer, thank you for that super chat. Michael Zenka says there are 97.8 year old spoiled criminals so comfy they just brag that they're superior to poverty victims. They can even lie their way to a king, a king class income. But that's all the super grown ups do. Yeah, I understand you, your point, and I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I've met people like that in my time, I should say, I mean, I, in my previous work. And, yes, there are people like that, and there are some people in the political system who are very like that as, as well. Lady Moreau says, I follow and support Brian's channel with much interest, too. Lots of great information about the technological side of wars. Highly informative. Yes. Yes, and the logistical Correct. and the industrial yeah, side of wars. And he, he covers that better than anyone else, I have to say. I mean, we, we make our contribution as well, though. <laughs> Stanico79 says, thank you guys for a daily dose of sanity. Keep up the amazing work you are doing. Thanks for that, Stanico. Crusader General says, in the West, we are too busy producing BLM, uh, transgender and other parasites. Thank you for that, uh, Crusader General. Tommy Gunn 888 says, how does the USA's ability to print money enable, to print dollars, enable longer term involvement down the track after the production in USA with printed dollars? I think we did talk about this, but just to say again, mm -hmm. printing dollars, provided you can get other people to accept those dollars, enables you to spend your way out of many problems. But of course, eventually, when the point comes when people don't accept those dollars, if you don't have the productive capacity, it's a trap. And that's what that's what this is uh, uh, looming into. Inisfad says Colonel McGregor also advises that TB is now epidemic with the Ukrainian troops. I've heard that, and I've also seen uh, um, other sources con confirm it. I mean, you know, I, I don't have the whole details, but if so, that's an absolutely terrible indictment of what's going on in this war. A dangerous one, too, if it, might sp uh, if it spreads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Roman V says... Isn't isn't it the same from West side, not afraid of the Russian army? I think that the more sensible and rational people in Western militaries 
are very afraid of the Russian army and understand how dangerous it is. I mean, I've been reading interviews now, the German officers, two have given big interviews, you know, ex-generals. One uh, who is the head of the Bundeswehr's officers' union has made apparently speech and given comments on television, which I haven't seen the whole detail of. But they clearly are not complacent about war with Russia. They clearly think it will be a disaster. And I think that's probably the consensus amongst most uniformed military people as well. Vilma S., thank you for that super sticker. Uh, OCOX, thank you for that super sticker. Abu Zixer says Russia owns strategic depth. UVZ is a proof. Yeah, true. Thanks for that. Uh, Private R says, hypothetically, what if the upcoming Russia offensive fails? I think Russia can regroup with the collective West. We'll think that it is an ultimate sign of weakness, don't you think? Well, I think I did answer that. I said I think that they will make sure that it doesn't this, fail. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, Lorraine, thank you for that super sticker. Andrei Volkov says, Aristovich resigning means nothing. Remember, he already resigned on January 17th last year. Yes, I know. I, I, I think, again, I think we discussed this. I mean, he did. He did resign. And by the way, it's very uncertain what exact post he was holding in the Ukrainian government. I mean, it was never fully and clearly uh, defined. But I think it is different that he's resigning now after sort of 11 months as the Ukrainian government's semi-official spinmeister in chief. Now it has more significance than it did then. I mean, he was a local figure last year. This year, he's become an international one. Yeah. Brulo OK says, by the time these tanks arrive, the Ukrainian air defense will be so devastated that Russian air superiority will negate these supplies. Unless Ukraine yeah. gets more air defense, these deliveries are futile. Yeah, I think this is a widely held view, and I would agree. Ashke, thank you for that super sticker. Lakeva, thank you for that super chat. Rudolf von Rakow says, NATO will never send the latest tank versions as Leo 2 A7V or Abrams SCP V3. Why? Once they are all destroyed, they will say, but these were old models. Anyways, it would be great. It would be a great commercial for weapons made in Russia. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I agree with that as well. And I, I mean, uh, Brian has been talking about this, and I think that's absolutely right. Commander Crossfire says, South Africa says it's push for further BRICS in Africa as chair. Yeah, absolutely. And Lavrov is there, by the way. He's in South Africa as we're speaking and having a very friendly meeting with the South Africans. And South Africa has played a very interesting role and is clearly tilting towards Russia in this conflict. Yeah. Uh, Samal Parla, thank you for that super sticker. Belt Grinder, thank you for that super sticker. Charles of London says, as Russia's influence in Africa grows exponentially, is this the next theater between BRICS and the West for yeah, resources we, to build economies of the future? We talked about this at length, and yes, I'm afraid it is likely to be at least one of the major battlefronts, and I think this is a terrible thing because it, it's not what should happen. Sparky says, Reagan often told the story of Cuban expatriate during the Cold War who said that the U.S. was the last stop for freedom. Ironically, it's now Russia. 
<laughs> we talked about that too. Um, Hanasso says, saw an interview where Aristovich was very critical of Zelensky and the anti-Russian government policies, Yeroman's channel. Yeah, I know. And he's, he's, he's talking, I mean, he's now talking so differently from the way he used to talk. And he's going so far that, you know, I, I, just to remind you of what Alex said earlier in the program, if he survives this and remains in Ukraine, that he's, be, he's clearly getting protection from some source because his comments are becoming increasingly outspoken. Yeah, Cam Lee, thank you for that super sticker. Hura uh, Maladits, thank you for that uh, super chat. Uh, Sparky says, even sensible policymakers in D.C. get most of their info from the MSM. The sensible can be misguided. I, 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 we discussed this too, and you're quite right. Yeah, we discussed this. You know, you know what Rudolph, happens? Uh, they, they lie, just to say. The, the politicians lie to the media. The media publishes the lies. The politicians then read their own lies and believe them because they're in the media. It's, it's a well-known cycle, but this is what's been going on for a lot now. Yeah, Rudolf von Rakos says, do you think Ukrainian people will finally rise up and get rid of the Kiev regime? So many deaths injured, missing. This would be the best outcome, that soldiers turn their weapons towards Kiev. Well, we discussed this in the program. I, I think that it may happen, but it's, don't underestimate the difficulties. For the moment, I don't see it, to be honest. Island Popsicle says, I doubt the rest of East Asia would be happy with Japan rearming. They have long memories. Just another example of the West's misguided ideas. So true. Completely right. Knowing people from East Asia, I completely agree with that. Lover of the Russian team, thank you for that super sticker. PX says, as always, superb. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, Raphael says, when Russia says they will burn the British tanks, the military language, Russia is saying they will nuke them, okay? No, I don't think so. I think they, I mean, Putin has already spoken in the past. Uh, recently, he said that they burnt uh, uh, the equipment that Ukraine was supplied with before, and they will burn this new equipment again. But he wasn't saying that they burnt that equipment before with nuclear weapons, because they haven't used nuclear weapons. Um, so, I mean, what he means is all, all that he, all the Russians mean is that they will destroy these weapons. Zahir, thank you for that super sticker. Jackie Ridley, thank you for that super sticker. T-Tom says, Yugoslavia, T-84 used to produce excellent tanks. Anybody from the first Gulf War on the chat, both Iraq and Kuwait used them. Yeah, absolutely true, yes. They were T-72s, and adapted, Popsicle... adapted T-72s. Anyway, Cameron. Yep. Island Popsicle says the world deserves to be free of the West's bullying and intimidation. Hopefully it can be done peacefully. Thank you to yes. Rand for your analysis. Yes. And that's everything. That's Those everything. are the questions from the Q&A. Thank you very much. Well, it was a great, that was a great Q&A, if I may say. Great program altogether. Right. Take care.